Non-stop shock radio. The station that shocks you. Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome to Renegade Talk.fm in Los Angeles. My name is Richie Kepler, along with Marky Mark and the ever-fucking-drop-dead gorgeous Marla, and my sex-empowered goddess... Patty Cheeks, hi you sweet baby you. I just can't get enough of you. And she's sitting in hi. cold Denver. Hi baby. This sunny afternoon. Uh, we always start Sexualist is Friday out with a song from the Kings. Save me, save me, save me from this I love that song. You like that song, Mark? No. Oh, you're not on. I'm sorry, Marley. There you go. You, you on? You have my blue mic. You beautiful. Well, when you're late, you get what's left of yeah, well, the bitch. That's not shame. Okay. I'm not late. Turn off that stupid phone. Oh. Turn it off. Sorry. Anyway, God. Patty. Where do you uh, find these people? I don't even know. They're beach bum. Uh, anyway, so we have Patty from Empowered Sex freezing her tits and her ass off up in Denver, along with our special guest, and we're going to be talking about polyamory, and we're going to get into that and what that's all about, because I've been reading about it, and I want to do something like that. So I'm going to be trained and educated by Robin, and Robin is sitting in Buckhorn Valley, uh, Colorado, up there in the middle of 11 acres. Hi, Robin. Hi, how you doing? Good. Uh, how are you? I'm doing great. Oh, you already asked her that question. Oh, I'm, well, now we're on the air. It's different. <laughs> how many times you want to hear she's doing good? Because I like to hear the sound of her. Vo- I like the sound of her voice. I mean, anyway, and Robin has her boyfriend with her. Am I correct in saying that his name is Jesus? He's my partner. Yeah. He's your partner. Okay. Hey, Jesus. Hey, Jesus. How you doing, Jesus? Quite interrupting. Now, there's your stupid phone. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, I'm doing fine, Jesus. So, how uh, how's are you keeping Robin warm up there? Oh, Jesus Christ. Go away, woman. Get, get, get off the air. Get off the air. Get off the air. Go take your Christ. stupid Here, fucking phone call. Beautiful. Get out of here. Get out. It is. Okay, I'm a professional. So I'm excited to have Robin on with us today because Robin can teach us all about Hi. polyamory 101. She helped me understand a few years ago when I started reading books on the topic. And she is the publisher of a magazine, correct, Robin, called Loving More? Yes, actually, Loving More is a nonprofit organization. And okay. Magazine. Okay. And you also um, coordinate a couple of polyamory conventions every year, right? Yep. We have a polyamory. When in Philadelphia? Huh? When in Philadelphia do you got this conference? Um, February 4th through 6th. Why would they pick a crappy month like that to do a conference? <laughs> a good way to warm up your winter. Oh, bullshit. Why? You guys should have <laughs> had a damn conference in Hawaii, Robin. <laughs> Tell these people to wake up. First of all, you won't even get a flight in, and you won't get a flight out. It's also the month of love. so. You know, oh, yeah? Well, I can love any month. <laughs> February is the month of love, so it's a good time for it. That's right. So, Robin, why don't you kind of give us a, a basic definition of what polyamory is? Polyamory is multiple relationships with, you know, basically romantic relationships. Okay, and how does it differ from swinging? Uh, swinging is generally, and the, these are definitely generalities, swinging is sex and casual sex. Um, often in swinging couples will go to a party or a play party to either hook up with somebody there and have sex or to hook up with somebody and, you know, meet for sex later. Polyamory, in polyamory, we have long-term relationships 
uh, loving relationships with more than one person. Sometimes now that's what I'm looking for. That's Robin. what I'm looking for too. So no, I said it first. Okay, so you go, you you meet people that are into the type of swinging or some type of lifestyle like that, and then you find them, and they don't want to be swingers. They really want to hook up with and be with one other person or two other people. Is that about correct, Robin? Well, not exactly. I mean, people, most people who are polyamorous don't go to swing parties. Oh, okay. So how do they meet each so other? There's some overlap, definitely, but. You know, it's it's more focused on relationships and families and community, and so it is a little different in that way. In that, you know, while sex may be involved just like any other romantic relationship, mm-hmm. um, it's definitely about the long-term, um, connected, committed relationship. Yeah. Do they believe in uh, ethical non-monogamy? Yes, definitely. Okay. So they're engaged in, in like loving, intimate relationships with more than one person, based upon the knowledge and consent of everyone involved. Is that about right? Oh, okay. That's Fine. right. He wants right. to start his own program. He wants competition. I'm starting the Huntington Beach Club. Yes, he's starting Huntington Beach Club right here. I have a question. This Hi. is Marla. Yeah, this is me, Marla. We'll be. Hi, Marla. I'm, I'm Glad out. you could join us, Marla. Finally. Yes. Mentally Go and physically. Yeah, uh, and me sorry. Out. I hope you read the cliff notes and you're, you're caught up. You're, you're up joking, speed, right? right? <laughs> you're joking. Her? I'm very sorry. I was on hold with the doctor's office. I'm late. Why don't you go hook I'm up? Late. You know what? You should go hook up with that fucking doctor. That's yeah. what you should do. Okay. Robin, the way I heard somebody compare swinging to polyamory once was they said, with swinging, you get sex. With polyamory, you also get breakfast. You get better uh, sex, too. Uh, well, there you, you know go. That's that. a good way to look at it. I like that, too. That, that's quite the sales slogan for polyamory, I think, right there. That is a, you're, you're, <laughs> a, breakfast. Patty, you're really breaking up bad. May I and you ask know what, my Patty? question? Right. That is the best thing you've said so far okay, so in Mar- this interview because I do want food after Okay, sex. so Marla, what do you want to say? I'm curious, uh, with these relationships, polyamory, do they have children or are they just, you know? Some do, some don't. I don't know, I don't know anything about it, Mark. That's why he's got the job. Yeah. So anyway, so they do have children. So you can basically, uh, the, I guess the question is, if you have children, you get them involved in these type of relationships. Does that work out or is that kind of like uh, like a like a uh, HBO's Big Love where it gets really complicated? Well, it definitely can get complicated. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, I mean, we have, um, I have three kids and they've been raised in a polyamorous family and it's very much no different from any other family. Um, and everybody's different. I know a young couple here, they're in a tri- what we call a triad, uh, two men and a woman, they all live together, and she is pregnant with her first child. Okay. A triad. Um, wow. So they tri- are raising children, and he, one of the men has two children from a previous marriage. Wow. So do they go from each other's houses? I mean, how does this work? I think they all live together. They all live together. Oh, okay. They all live together. Okay, so... How is this different from... God! What? I want to know how is this different? You know, why don't you take over the show? Why don't you just take, you know, you, you know I have a question. Anyway, um, how about two women and a guy? Oh, yeah. Okay, it's so cool. it can go it's either cool. way. What is the most preferred way of going? There isn't really. I mean, it's pretty balanced in our community. Um, you also have to realize that the majority of the polyamory community is made up of what we call networks of people. So, for example, and the only way I can do it is by example, I um, live with Jesus. We're what we call primary partners. Mm-hmm. I have a partner in New York who I see, uh, I've been seeing for, I don't know, seven, eight years. And he has a primary partner he lives with. They're raising a child, and they've been together for 28 years. Um, he also has a couple of other partners that he's involved with in New York and the Upper East Coast. And then she has another partner. Wow, so like it's kind of complicated. Like, 
It is very complicated. It sounds complicated to me. A bunch, a bunch of um, uh, what, Marla? Every, everyone is good, good for that. They're okay with this. No, yeah. no, no, they're not. It, it, it's just strange. It's, it's very. Strange. They're upset with each other. That's why they live in different states. No, it's just yeah. What happens when you show up ten minutes late, Marla? Anyway, Thank you, Patty. A- anyway, stop. Uh, stop the screaming. You know what? Okay. Do, I, do I know? I know everything. Yeah, yes, I'm, you I'm, do. I'm, I'm, I'm the smartest start. man on the on the this face of the planet. Okay, we don't take care of it. You know what, Marla? Go take care of your doctor and I then get yourself did. back together and you come back. Okay. I, okay. Well, this I is was, not about you. This is about the show. And um, well, so you just keep your mouth shut. Picking on. I'm nobody's picking on you. Cut the mic. Cut the mic. Yeah, I'll cut the mic. Anyway, so so. All right. As we as Robin as. Okay. This goes on all the time, by the way. So, Robin, as we continue this, how many people are involved in these type of relationships around the country? What would you say? There's no definitive studies that have been done, but just to give you kind of an example. Um, Add one more, Robin, 40, me. We have around 45,000 people in our database. Wow. So it is growing. I think Newsweek did a story on this back in 2009. The, the, it's only you, you, and, and you. Yeah. <laughs> Relationships with multiple mutual consenting partners as a coming out party, apparently. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. all consenting adults. It's, they're, it's No, they're, they're not consenting. Mark- well, what about the swing? Yeah. What about the swingers? I mean, is it close to the swinging? So let's say you're a swinger and you meet a couple and each of the, uh, uh, the, uh, the four people actually fall in love with the other, you know, with the other fall uh, in love? spouse. Yeah, oh. that's what this is about. I you thought, fall in love yeah, but- and you're, you're living together with two men or two women. Yes, but swinging is sex. With well, no, you mean, let's home. say you meet that's the swingers. <laughs> no, that's polyamory. But let's say you meet the swingers and the swing, you fall in love with the swingers and the swingers fall in love with you like another couple. Then you oh, could end I up see. in a situation like this. I see, okay. Yeah, is that, is, Robin, is that about right? Some people, some people do end up that way, but you have to understand, too, in some swing relationships, and this is not all, but some swingers are very, very strict. Love is not allowed. Right, it's only sex, pure, unadulterated sex. In right. this, in this oh, world, okay. it's about love. Yeah, when we in talked to the summer. swingers uh, last month, I remember them saying very specifically, there was no staying for breakfast, there was no staying in bed and cuddling, it was, uh, okay, got what I needed, anything emotional um, is off limits. Fucking go. Right. (laughs) Hmm. Wow, this, uh, this, this... This is, I mean, what makes this different? Let me, let me ask you this, Robin. As far as people who decide to live a polyamorous lifestyle... Is it more single people who do this or married couples who have tried traditional monogamy and it hasn't worked well for them? It's all the above. We have people who are single, we have people who are married, um, people who have been living together for years, and, you know, the age range um, is from 18 up to 80. It really crosses all walks of life from, you know, Republicans to Democrats, from Christian to pagan to atheist to... You know, we have a very diverse um, community as far as people who identify as polyamorous. Right, and and it seems like it's growing very rapidly. Do you have any idea what the numbers are for polyamorous versus the swinging crowd? At this point, um, polyamory is considerably smaller than the swing community. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it but it's very hard to know the definitive numbers because there's like I said, there's no been no studies. It's not included in the census or anything. You know. So it's very hard to know where people are at with this. I get calls all the time from people who say, we've been living together in a triad or a quad with four people for the last, you know, 20 years, and we didn't know there was a term or there were other people doing this. 
Right. Well, and, and I think, you know, there's probably people out there who find themselves in monogamous relationships, married, and it's getting a little stale, or maybe things aren't working so well, and they go outside of it, and they might fall in love and have an affair with somebody else and have a very close relationship, because I don't, personally, when people stray from a monogamous relationship, I think it's very rarely about the sex. I think the sex or the lack of sex or looking for sex somewhere else is typically more a symptom of the problem. It's not the problem in the marriage. So it's easy, I think, to, to go outside the marriage and then find that you have an emotional connection with somebody else. The difference is, as I see it here, is that you can talk to your partner, your primary partner, husband, wife, or whatever about it, right? Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's, you're asking, there's two different questions you can talk about. One is, how big is the polyamorous community? That is, people who identify as polyamorous. And then how many people out there are truly non-monogamous? And I'd say that probably a majority of people, 60 to 70 percent, are not monogamous by nature. Well, exactly. Robin, and polyamory might sound like a heaven to some. Like a variety, You have a variety of partners. You know, yeah, it's more spice to it. Uh, but what about, you know, humans are hardwired to jealousy. How, how, does that, uh, how does that fit all in there? Or is it just that you're so open and secure in the relationship that there is no jealousy? Oh, yeah, I wish. <laughs> okay. So that, that's, a, that's, a big, that's a big issue. I would think jealousy, I mean, that's where I would come from, the jealousy part. I would jealousy be jealous. Jealousy is an issue, but how do you deal with jealousy? I mean, what I think is, what, what I really got kind of this epiphany about six months ago, that jealousy is one of those emotions that we've been told in relationships is okay to have, but not to have anywhere else in our life. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we learn as a young child to share our toys because our mother makes us, and we have to learn to get over jealousy of our younger brother or sister. Right. That's true. That's how you grow up. Yeah. Three-year-old, just get over it. Mm-hmm. But then we tell adults that it's okay to be jealous and to fly into a rage. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, but we almost applaud it. Like, I mean, like women might be flattered if their boyfriend is jealous. Oh, I'm going to try to make him jealous. I mean, it seems so absurd to me. I think a lot of women do do that. They try, they try to get their boyfriends and husbands jealous. Right. They think that, that that means, like you said, Robin, they think it means that, oh, he really loves me. <laughs> so, I mean, to me, it's just horrifying. I, I, just, it, I don't understand it, but then I've been studying polyamory for the last several years. And I think, like you said, there's probably a lot of people, and I do meet people who say, I'm not sort of an outward polyamorist, but I really have been functioning that way. And that's kind of what my life is. I know single people like that. Like they have multiple lovers and they have no problem talking about one of their lovers to another lover, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. It's all open and they've been straightforward about it and it works for them. Yeah. Well, anyway, what we're, you know, Robin, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, I'm going to talk about where the gays fit into this whole thing. The, the gay marriage advocates, apparently they've been leery of this public association with uh, the people that are in the uh, polyamory side. So we're going to take a break. When we, when we come back, we'll be talking about that. We have Robin and Jesus from uh, uh, Denver, Colorado on the air with uh, Patty from EmpoweredSex.com. My name is Richie Kepler. You're listening to Renegade Talk FM in Los Angeles, and we'll be right back after this. Non-stop shock rate. Radio, the station that shocks you. Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome back to Renegade Talk.fm in Los Angeles with Richie Kepler. Everybody else I kicked out of the studio. So Marla's gone, Mark's gone. It's just me and Patty in Denver and Robin and Jesus. And this guy's in love with you. Here's Herb Alpert. You see this guy. This guy's in love with you. Yes, I'm in love 
who looks at you the way I do. Oh, yeah, baby. When you a little bit of Herb Alpert, This Guy's in Love With You. That came out, what, in the early 60s sometime, Patty? That's, I, I don't know if I was born yet, Rich. I'm, I don't even know myself. I have to look it up in the book. I mean, that's really old. Anyway, I thought it'd be uh, a good song to play with during uh, for this show. Anyway. Well, because it's all about love. And Robin and I on the break, we were just talking, and Hazy's, we're, we're talking about the whole thing with jealousy and possessiveness and feeling like when sex gets involved, love gets all screwed up. <laughs> Well, it does. I mean, there is a lot of jealousy and there's a lot of, it's almost like you're my property and nobody can talk to you and nobody can touch you and that type of thing. And then, you know, you can get into the swinging world and in, 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 uh, in this world, it's, you really got to be, have yourself together, I would think, to, uh, to do that. I mean, how do, you, how do you get into this world anyway? How does this all work, Robin? How do, how do you end up in, in this situation? Well, you know, different people in different ways. I'll share mine and let and let Jesus share his. That's a good For idea. Me, I was twenty four years old. Mm-hmm. I was struggling to have monogamous relationships. I wasn't doing a very good job of it. So you were cheating. On a couple of, I cheated a couple of times on people I was engaged to. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't happy with that behavior. I didn't want to continue it, and I finally said, "I'm not monogamous." And you know, if you're involved with me, you're just going to have to deal with it. Right. So variety to you, but you you needed variety as a spice of life, basically. It wasn't variety as a spice of life as much as that I was very much in love with two people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I didn't want to let one of them go. I was tired of choosing, you know, to let somebody go that I loved because somebody else told me I was supposed to do that. Okay, so, right. so that, that's your point of view. What about the two guys? Well, how do they feel about it? How, do you, how did you talk, get, well, not talk them into it, but I guess how did you get them to come around to your way of thinking? Well, I didn't. Um, one of them, uh, you know, I broke up with, and he, he went away. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one and I stayed in touch for a long time. Um, he has now since passed away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, and then the other per- there was one other person that I've been involved with for, I don't know, since 1984 um, we've been involved. Well, and the thing that we were talking about also before, Robin, was the fact that you can approach this subject with somebody that you love. You realize you're in love with somebody else. You're already in a monogamous relationship with someone, and then you approach them and say, hey, I, you know, because you come to the point where you're either going to pretend that you're happy and you're not in this monogamous relationship and try to live the monogamous lifestyle, which feels against your nature, or you're going to cheat, which many people do. I mean, I read something like eight out of ten people in marriages cheat at some time in their lifetime. So, you know, or you're going to cheat. So if you do that, then you're living a lie mm-hmm. and you're constantly having to hide things and cover it up. And it's much better to live authentically. And then you have someone like, I mean, like Jesus. He has a totally different way he came into this. So, Jesus, tell us how you got into it. Well, for me, I was in relationships, and I would last about a month of the relationship before I started looking at somebody else and go, you know, that person actually could be better, so that means I'm not actually in love with this person, so I should probably just end this relationship and go hunting for that one. Well, that's exactly right, Jesus. If you're looking at other women and uh, you continue to do that and you have the urge to go meet them and have sex with them or try to have sex with them, then apparently you're not in a uh, healthy uh, relationship, I would think. Exactly, and that was my whole mindset. And then I realized that, you know what? I don't have to choose. I could actually... Where'd he go? Oh, we lost him. They're gone. What happened to Jesus? Robin, are you still there? I think they're both gone. Oh, my goodness. 
We lost. Them. Patty, the engineer again, screws up. What a, what a day today is here at Renegade. What fighting, fighting in the studio. We lose the uh, we lose the uh, guest. <laughs> so just me and you, Patty. Well, maybe maybe you and I call- can chat. We can chat about. <laughs> we, we can chat about the deviant behaviors of these uh, of, of all these people. Yes. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, there, there. oh, you're there. Yay. Oh, there we are. We got See, I've been, Hello, I didn't lose you guys at all. Oh, okay. I've been hearing everything you said. Oh, oh we, were talking, we were talking behind your back. But what, do you hear Jesus, or did we? Did you lose him, too? Jesus? I'm right here. Oh, there he is. Oh, okay, so they're back. Out. We totally lost you. Okay, so Jesus. So, so, so continue so, with your... Yeah, continue on. <laughs> what was you saying? It's like I was dating this one person, and I realized, you know what? I don't have to let go of this relationship and go dating this other person. I could actually talk to this person and say, you know what, I have this other girl I'm interested in. Do you mind if I go ahead and ask her out for a date? And for me, that's utopia. Being able to ask oh, yeah. know the intricacies of different people mm-hmm. and not have to worry about, you know, I have to satisfy this person's every single need. You know what, she can go ahead and have somebody else that can fulfill some of the needs I can't. And I can go ahead and pursue these other things. Well, don't you think that in some ways that just kind of takes some of the pressure off you in a relationship as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, to be, you know, everybody considers the one true love, the one true love, the magic pill. I'm sorry. That's a pretty high pedestal to be put on. Hey, Zeus, let me ask mm-hmm. you a question. Are you, do, you, do you have a threesome? Do you do, uh, when, when it comes to sex, are you all together or do you, uh, you know, share bedrooms or you don't share bedrooms or you uh, bounce back and forth? It all varies with the situation. I mean, usually it's like I'll go on a date on you know, on my own. Uh, when we go to New York and visit Robin Sweetie, the three of us go ahead and hang out. Okay. And it all depends on the situation. What ha- so do a lot of these people in this type of lifestyle live together? I mean, I know you two are living in Denver together, but the uh, but Robin's uh, uh, sweetheart is in New York. What about people that are living in the same community, same town, that or same house? It, it varies greatly. Um, you won't find as... There's probably about one quarter of the community where there's more than... where three or more partners are living together. Um, sometimes that can be even as much as... Like, I know of a, a group here, there's five of them that live together, three men and two women, and they're raising children. So it can be... It can really vary mm-hmm. uh, greatly. And then, you know, a lot of times you'll have people like I've been involved in the past with people in my own community... And I haven't lived with them, but they've lived like a few blocks away, and they very much are a part of my family. Well, basically, this it sounds to me like this is a, a an open marriage type of thing. It is. Okay. But swinging also falls under open marriages. Yeah, swinging does. But if the if the husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend go out and swing, uh, take on another couple, and uh, they come back, and that's the end of it. It, it, it. This seems more of an open marriage type thing, where in swinging, the husband and wife agree to do it. They do it. They do it together. Then they come back to their place. Where in in fact, with this, you're all together all the time. In other words, with the swingers, I would think, which I've never done that, but on the swinging side. Uh, you never really, some of the work that I've done and the swingers that we've had on, usually they don't hook up again. They just keep on moving down the line. Well, sometimes they do hook up again, but they have very strict boundaries around emotional attachment. In other words, no lo- not falling in love, just having pure, right. unadulterated sex, and that's right. the end of it. But it's this is all about the sex. This is an open marriage where you're in love with other people, but it's an open marriage, period. 
Well, if you're asking about commitment, I'm sorry, to be able to have a relationship where you can talk to one another and actually share the most intimate things, including the insecurities that pop up, and still be able to go ahead and enjoy the confidence that your relationship is going to stand where it is and still explore other people, that to me is a lot more commitment than a lot of people that go into autopilot and expect that their partner is going to be coming home every single day and that's going to be the routine going forward. Right. So so how long has this been going on under, under, underground? I mean, you know, I, I know in 1990s they popped, the name uh, polyamory popped up in the, uh, the uh, dictionaries. And um, the name actually, you know, polyamory. But how long has it been going on? Forever. <laughs> Forever. Okay. Um, All right. Well, I mean, there's really, you know, you you want to talk about people that are kind of like famous and were living in a polyamorous style of life. Um, I can name a couple. George O'Keefe would be one. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt. Really. Um, he had a lover who lived in the White House with him, and he built a home for his wife so she could entertain her quote friends. Now, they never explicitly say in, the autobi- in his bio- biography that they were sexual partners, but they certainly implied it. <laughs> they certainly mm-hmm. implied it, right. Wow, so there's a, lot, there's, so there's, a, there's a lot of people doing this then. It's just nobody knows really about it. They really are. I mean, you know, I think even, um, oh, what's her, what was her name? She won the Oscar last year, and, and she openly ta- Monique, she openly talked about being in an open marriage. Mm-hmm. And freaks a lot of people out, you know. <laughs> you know, you know. It's, well, it's, it's, isn't that funny that we're we're more obsessed and and more accepting of hearing stories on the news about, oh, you know, so and so cheated on his wife and Angelina Jolie. Well, that's to get ratings, Patty. That's Patty. That's Jeff. That's just to get ratings. I mean, they they yeah, they always pick on people to get ratings. But then we're horrified by people openly admitting that, yeah, you know, this is a lifestyle and this works for me. It's multiple loving relationships simultaneously, and we're both cool with it. And people are always so shocked by that. Like, yeah, well, well that's, so a, that's the sickness of the society because they, they show the cheater, and everybody just, like, brushes that off after a while. But when they come into something like this, oh, my God. It's the end of the yeah, world. People can't get their heads around it. They can't it. get their heads around it. No. Now, you know what? It's, it sounds complicated, but then it doesn't. But to say the least here, Robin and Jesus, tending to the needs of multiple partners, uh, figuring out what to tell the children, making sure that nobody's feelings are hurt. I mean, you know, it really gets really deep there. I mean, to, to balance all of that. It's almost like, it's almost like in the, uh, that HBO, uh, you know, what's, what's it called again, that, that, that TV show? Uh, Big Love. Big Love. I mean, I, I, I get anxiety just watching him deal with all of that. Well... I mean, he's mo- he. You you think he's meeting the needs of what three or four wives? I can't. I don't. I think it's uh, it was three. Now I think it's four. Yeah, but you know when you're when you're having to meet the needs and those four women don't have their needs met somewhere else, boy, would that I wouldn't want to be responsible for four or five lovers that. I was their only outlet for affection and love and connection. Well, that's my thing. I don't know how I don't I don't know how he satisfies all those women because he's having sex every night. He, I mean, he doesn't stop. Well, he I mean, I'm sitting there going, how does he do all that? So in polyamory, I, I have partners. My partner has other partners. And, and so there's, a little, there's more balance to it. Right. I think. It's sharing responsibility. I mean, it's kind of stupid to me, to, like, like Jesus was saying earlier, to have to put everything on somebody. I mean, when you get married and you decide you're going to have a monogamous relationship... 
you know, you're, you're emotionally committed, you're sexually committed, you're financially committed, whatever. You're living in the same house, you're doing stuff together. But, you know, you have outside friends. I mean, to ask somebody to, to stop loving their parents, to stop loving their children, to stop having good, close friends, even platonic friends, is ridiculous. You wouldn't, you wouldn't dream of saying you have to cut everybody else out of your life, but when it comes to that, like being in love, it always, we think it has to be exclusive, but you're asking one person to be all things to you, mm-hmm. and that's just not possible. How about when you go to, hey, Robin, I have a question. How about when you go to meet the family? Do you bring everybody with you? Um, it depends on the situation, but yeah, mm-hmm. my, my whole, I mean, as far as my whole family goes, like my father was visiting for New Year's, and and my, at the time I was married, my husband and I were going over to my boyfriend's house for New Year's. <laughs> oh, there you partner. go. Okay. And so they said, well, bring your dad along. I went, I better tell him what's going on because when he, I open the door and he gives me a big kiss, he's probably going to wonder what the hell is up. <laughs> right. Exactly. What's up here? Yeah. So how did that? How, how well, did I that... just told him about it. Oh, and, he was cool, and, he had... and he was cool with it. Well, he gave me a long lecture about you know, how monogamy was better and Mm-hmm. Spent an hour on it, and then I looked at him and said, "How would you know you've never been monogamous?" Right. Cheated. <laughs> <And> how, <laughs> there you go. And how, how old is your father? Um, he's oh, seventy-three. Well, there you go. That's why they're they're back in the uh, in the forties and fifties. Oh, you'd be surprised. Like one of our one of our board members, he's in his mid um, mid seventies. Really? Was he a late? Oh, yeah, was he a, is he a late bloomer? A lot of older people. Was he a huh? late bloomer? Was he a late bloomer, or did he was he was he active when he was forty and fifty? Oh no! I mean, we've got people in our organization who have been um, in polyamorous relationships for thirty and forty years. Wow. Well, yeah, that brings up an interesting point. Like, well, how are their children? Like, how how did they end up? Did they end up pursuing polyamory as well, or did they say, "Oh, this is too confusing for me. I, I just want to go back to traditional monogamous or serially." being serially monogamous. I think it's really funny. If I, this is just observation, again, that a lot of these things haven't been studied. But in my observations, those people who have been very open with their children and have included their children in the community, like we have a big camp out every year. It's a family poly camp out in Colorado, and people bring their kids, and it's very family-oriented. Um, and most of the people who have been participating, if their kids are growing up and they're pretty much identifying as polyamorous or at least open to the idea or thinking I'm not sure yet, um, my kids are like that, then the people who have hidden the lifestyle from their kids and don't come out to them until they're older and maybe in their teens, and it really isn't a big family community thing for them, those are the kids who go, well, you know, that's weird mom and dad, but I don't think I could do that. Hey, Robin, how do your kids feel about all this? Um, my oldest is a um, poly activist now. Oh, really? Boy or girl? Conferences. Uh, Boy. Boy, okay. He's, he's 23. My other son, I still don't know. And my youngest daughter, she's 14, and she looks at me. I said, I'm not sure about her. And she looks at me, oh, of course, I'm just like you, Mom. What do you think? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> They're very supportive. Well, that's good. They so you, you have a good open, rela- open relationship with them where you can discuss these things. Absolutely. Which most people don't have with their children, by the way. At least uh, you no, do. it's great. I mean, I, you know, my kids... Um, when my oldest became sexually active, he came and talked to me the next day. Wow, good. That's good. Talked to me about it. Mm-hmm. My daughter's trying to decide if she's bisexual or not. She's talked to me about that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. Well, I learned from a Playboy magazine, or no, I'm, I'm sorry, a Sears catalog in the '60s. So <laughs> I just nobody told me anything about anything. And plus, we plus me and Patty grew up Catholic, so we really we really, uh, really got oh, battered. Yeah. 
Yeah, we were really in the dark. We were really in the dark. Years of of psychotherapy and shame, and yes, now we're recovering. Yeah, okay. All right, when we come back, I'm going to get back, I'm going to get into the uh, the gays and the bisexual part of this, if there's any bisexual part of it, or what happens when it becomes bisexual, or there is a urge for bisexual. Anyway, you're listening to RenegadeTalk.fm in Los Angeles. My name is Richie Kepler, along with Patty from Empowered Sex. We have Robin on, and Jesus from... I'm uh, polyamory. We're talking about multiple partners, and uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Nonstop Shock Radio, the station that shocks you. Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome back to Renegade Talk. FM in Los Angeles. My name is Richie Kepler with Patty. Feel so bad. Everybody seems to nag me. Coming Tuesday, I feel better. I like playing these oldies. I don't know why. That's because I'm old, I guess. <laughs> I always like this song. They called the Easy Beats, or it beat me off, or something. I got Friday on my mind. That's exactly right, right here at Renegade Talk. We have Robin, and we have Jesus, and we're talking about uh, polyamory, of course, along with uh, Patty up in Denver with EmpoweredSex.com. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. Anyway, we're going we're to back. continue our conversation. So, so Robin, this convention is coming up in Philadelphia in February. So tell us more about the convention and what happens at these conventions. And do you promote it out to get people that are thinking about this type of lifestyle to get them in there to find out more or, or educate them? Yeah, basically the, the conferences are designed around people who are either involved in these relationships already or people who want to learn more. So we have kind of a basic track that just teaches the basics of what this is all about and about relationship styles and how to have good relationships and, and such. So how would, I, how would I, as the normal guy, how would I find out about this? Um, you could go to our website at uh, lovemore.com. So it's lovemore.com, lovemore. L-O-V-E-M-O-R-E. Right, L-O-V-E-M-O-R-E, lovemore.com. So, I mean, if I was a guy out there and I'm thinking about this and I've, I've, I've kind of like... Yeah, this is something I like to entertain. How would I find out about you guys? I mean, where do I, where would I go on the internet, or you know, what would I t- even type in? Like, I'm in love with two women, and how do I, how do I handle this, and where do I go to get information and education? I mean, where, where do people start? Do they get it from other friends, like say Patty in Denver, or is it just word of mouth type thing? And then you get to your website, then you get to the convention. Explain that to, to the there's listeners. There's all kinds of ways. I mean, there's there's the website um, lovemore.com. Um, there's Googling polyamory or loving more, and there's books out. There's, there's books like The Ethical Slut. Um, there's a book called uh, What Does Polyamory Look Like, which is a new book on polyamory diversity and all the different styles of polyamory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all these are available, actually, on our website. And we also have a magazine that we do that's written by people who are living these kind of relationships. Um, that's one of the great things about it. And so, basically, there's a lot of good education information out there that wasn't there, like, say, 10 years ago. I bet not. Ten years, it's, well, because of the Internet is why <clears throat> this thing kind of exploded, I would think. Absolutely. It's and just like the swinging lifestyle. 25 years. 25 years. It's like the swinging. Uh, if you wanted to swing, you had to go back in back of a magazine and then and call phone numbers or write letters or something. And now on the Internet, they have all these sites popping up. If you want to be a swinger, it's like uh, pay your thirty four ninety five and you're in. <laughs> Pretty simple. <laughs> right, and we have like we have a membership and we have a personals and right. a website and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But there's you know, but the, the the thing about the conferences that I think is so great, I wish I'd gone to one sooner myself because you learn such great skills and it's really a good way to see if this is right for you. 
Yeah, that, that, I think that would be really, really good be, before you dive into it or delve into this because it right. uh, <laughs> might get kind of complicated and really piss off people. And if you don't know how to handle it and or I guess uh, communicate it would be the better words to, right. to another partner. Well, mm-hmm. well, and I think that's the thing that happens is that people get all excited and they think about this and they get a little bit of information and they jump in and then their relationships all explode. And then it and blows they, up, yeah. They blame polyamory and not the fact that they don't have the skills to... Is it more, about the, se- <laughs> is it more about the sex than the emotional relationship? Because I think a lot of guys or a lot of women would say, hey, I can have all the sex and have these two women or two men at the same time. This is great. And then all of a sudden the whole thing blows up. <laughs> I think men come into it oftentimes for the sex. There you go. Well, I've seen... I've seen women dragged into it, and then they go, wow, this is communication and honesty, and I like it. And the guys are going, wait a minute, we got to talk. I want to leave. Yeah, I want to get out of this now. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm staying. I like this, but you're out. Okay. You, you brought me in this. I'm here. I'm staying. I'm staying. I'm not going anywhere, baby. I love this stuff. Okay. It is very empowering to women, and I love that about it. Well, do you have classes and seminars and things at your conventions? Because you have one on the East Coast, and do you also have one on the West Coast? We just had one in, in Seattle, and I'm not sure when the next one's going to be. We are having a, an event in Colorado, um, our home territory, a one-day seminar on April 23rd. We don't have any information up on it. We will after this weekend. But, um, but yeah, we do them all over the country and, and have retreats, seminars. They're all educational. That's what we are. We're a nonprofit for education. Hey, Robin, how many, how many people show up at these conventions? Um, generally, at the hotel conferences, we get between 130 and 160 people. Oh, okay. And so, if you but if you come to a retreat, it's usually a lot smaller, a smaller, more community thing. So it's usually around 70 to 80. So how do they advertise it in the hotel? Do they say uh, uh, the polyamory uh, re- uh, conventions over here to the right, and everybody knows that you guys are into this stuff, or is it kind of uh, That's hidden? right? <laughs> oh, so it's right out in the open then. <laughs> It directs you over there, yeah. It just directs you right there. Hey, look at this, honey. Let's go check it out. Okay. <laughs> so oh, do boy. you actually have seminars and classes that help people overcome their fears and their concerns and their jealousies and all that? Yeah, we sure do. I mean, we have, we have actually a specific, like, specific workshops on jealousy and dealing with jealousy, um, how to come into compersion with your relationships. And we have things on, you know, how to make agreements that work, uh, safe sex, and boundaries, all kinds of things, you know, how to communicate honestly and openly. So, yeah, we, we like to offer classes on all of these different things that, and I've, I've heard people come away from our conferences, wow, you know, this isn't just for poly people, monogamous people should come here too. Because, yeah, they learn a lot, yeah. Because they're such good relationship workshops. Mm-hmm. And that's what most marriages need these days is a relationship workshop. That's why they always say don't have babies until you go to a, to a, to a uh, convention or a school to learn how to raise babies. Right. You know, well, and, they don't, and there's not really any good information on how to make relationships work. It's supposed to be magical. Well, they have a ton of books out there about relationships, but apparently uh, everybody reads them and a lot, 50% of marriages fail in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more well, than 50%. I mean, why is it that 50% you know of the marriages are failing? Is it because of the sex, or is it because it got old after 10 years or 12 years or whatever? Or is it that maybe they want to go into this type of lifestyle and one, one partner does not? Well, or a swinging? Failure. Huh? I mean, we, we sit there and say marriages fail because we've expected that marriage is supposed to last for the rest of your life. This is the, the fairy tale that we set up for ourselves. Exactly. Which was great when, you know, the average age was 40. Right, and right. we were dying by the time we were 40, so you're married 20 years, and it's like, oh, and, wow, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> yeah, and, mar- 
And marriage was about survival. Right, exactly. It's really yeah. about personal fulfillment now, and marriages don't actually meet that bill too well. Mm. I, I consider my marriage of 18 years of a vast success. Most of it was really good. Mm-hmm. And we went in separate directions, and it was time for us to, to depart from each other, if you will. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. I was married 18 years, and I feel the same way. It's like I, was, I, I never saw it as a failure. I, I saw it as an end of a successful relationship, and let's celebrate the success of that instead of saying, oh, it failed. It didn't fail. It just didn't work anymore. It, it was time. There was growth enough that you go your separate ways, and you move on to your next Well, well Patty, right now, 50% of the marriages in the U.S. Faced, are facing um, divorce whether it's financial, emotional, whatever, or a combination of all, two or three. So. And I think it's very rarely sex. I think, it, I think um, going out, like when you say people, you know, stepped out of the marriage or they cheated or, you know, like we all like to call it cheating, um, I think there's something much deeper at stake. I mean, if the marriage was so great to begin with, you people wouldn't be, wouldn't be going out of it. Right. Exactly. You wouldn't be cheating yep. if the marriage was so great. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that there's another part of that, too. I mean, sometimes people cheat just because they meet somebody amazing and they just... Can't take their hands off of them. them. Right. You know, I mean, that's... When I, you know, when I was engaged, I'd been engaged for three years, and I met somebody who just literally blew me away, and I just wanted to get to know him. It was... And and I really struggled with it for several months. Was it worth it? just went to hell with it. Oh, yeah, because I'm still involved with him. Oh, okay, so it was worth it then. <clears throat> so it was definitely worth it. But, but also, when we talk about success and failure in marriage, I remember a friend of mine, he was, he was celebrating his parents' 50th wedding anniversary. Wow. Now, this is supposed to be a successful relationship, right? They were married for 50 years. That's a gold star. He asked his, he asked his father, so tell me, Dad, how did you make it last? I mean, that's really great, 50 years. Dad looks at him and says, well, chalk it up for a lack of uh, initiative on my part. <laughs> and walks away. In other words, he kept his... He found out later on that his parents got married because they got, cause she, his mom got pregnant. His mother had been in love with somebody else. So had he. Wow. And they really didn't like being married to each other. So they, they, so they suffered for 50 years. Right. They su- so they suffered. I mean, I had a great marriage for like... 12, 12 or 13 years of my 18-year marriage was very good, and we separated after 14 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I consider our marriage a success because most of it was really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we wanted to be there. And when we didn't want to be there anymore, we weren't there anymore. Well, it's like uh, the Marilyn Monroe thing, the seven-year itch. I mean, when you get to the seven, seventh year to the tenth year, when it starts to, that's where you really find out if you're really married or not. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's really well, there. Well, things change, and, time, and, and people change, and the thing is, as people grow, I mean, if you're going to allow someone to grow in a relationship, and they're going to be exposed to other things and other people and be open-minded, you can't ever guarantee going into a marriage, people don't stay the same as they were when they got married at 21 or 34 or even 50. Mm-hmm. Things and do the change. The thing about polyamory is it does allow people the ability to explore beyond this relationship and still keep this relationship intact. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, because because you love somebody else does not diminish your love for your primary partner. Absolutely not. It's like it's now like if you had children. I mean, you have one child and you love them very much, and then you have a second. What you don't love the other one anymore? Doesn't make any sense. That that makes a lot of sense there, um, Patty. I love the first one, but the second one I don't love. Yeah, it's just almost. Yeah, yes, hey Zeus, what? Hey Zeus is there. Oh, the big thing. <laughs> the big thing people don't realize is that a lot of times in the marriage, people stop talking. You get used to being an autopilot. You see the person day in, day out, day in, day out, and it becomes a routine, and you stop talking. 
one of the nice things about polyamory is because relationships weave in and out, you are constantly talking, constantly talking about mm-hmm. what's going on, yep. and the line of communication is always open. Yeah, you always have something new to talk about. Yeah, I understand that 100%. Yep. And communication is always key to any relationship. Sure it is. Best. But exactly what Jesus said is correct. You always have different things to talk about, and it's always um, energetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very stimulating to a relationship. And, you, and I'll tell you, if you do go on autopilot in a poly relationship, it doesn't stay there very long. It mm-hmm. blows up. <laughs> okay, so Robin, again, the website and the, uh, where the convention is going to be held, and then we're going to be uh, taken off. So it's the weekend, and we're going to get out of here. So Robin, where is the convention? And give, uh, give the uh, Renegade Nation the website again. It's uh, lovemore.com. And it is the Poly Living Conference in Philadelphia. So if you click on our conferences, it'll take you to where you need to go. Okay. And it is in Philadelphia, and it is February 4th through the 6th. It is a full weekend conference with keynotes and all kinds of great speakers who are nationally known for um, expertise in relationships and polyamory. Okay. Robin, thank you very much for being on Renegade Talk FM in Los Angeles. Hey, Zeus, the same to you. You guys have a great weekend. Patty, of course, from EmpoweredSex.com. Again, another great guest coming from Patty, and we appreciate that. And my name is Richie Kepler on Renegade Talk FM in Los Angeles, and we will see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Okay. Bye-bye. Nonstop Shock Radio. The station that shocks you. Renegade Talk Radio.